Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We are back after a long hiatus. Welcome back to episode 70 of the Believe in Minnesota Football podcast. Our former co-host, Matthew Trickett, is now off to the NFL. Just signed a three-year contract with the Atlanta Falcons. So in the short term, it'll be just me as we look ahead to the future of the show. But we are back for now, solo hosted by me, Tony Liebert. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Liebert, that is L-I-E-B-E-R-T, and Instagram and TikTok at Tony underscore Liebert. So, we are only 66 days away from the return of Gophers football. Week 1, at home, at Huntington Bank Stadium against the Nebraska Cornhuskers. So, I thought it would be a great time to just start off the bat. Talk about some predictions, some thoughts on the overall Gophers 2023 season and the Big Ten landscape as a whole. So I guess we'll just jump right into it and go week by week and break down the Gophers' opponents, break down their schedule, their toughest games, their easiest games, the trap games, and really just attack what this season might look like. So, in week one, like I said, normal Thursday night game. Love how the Gophers have done this for a certain amount of years now. They always open Thursday night at home. Really cool tradition that um, I think the program's starting to build. And it gives, obviously, the fans something to look forward to every year. Big game this year, Big Ten game. Uh, Obviously, last year there was New Mexico State. Year before, Ohio State. Um, I know there's been UNLV in there, but it's always always good, I think, to open the game, open the season with a tough game because there will be eyeballs on the team. And it's a big transition year uh, for the program, obviously. New quarterback, new offensive coordinator, all these new weapons. Might have a new offensive system, all this stuff. Um, but Nebraska is obviously in more of a transition with their new head coach, Matt Rule. And uh, finally moving on from the uh, notorious Scott Frost era. So the Gophers will be at home Thursday night, August 31st against Nebraska, 7 p.m. kickoff. Love the, uh, not Nothing much better than late night college football, national TV on Fox. So. Uh, How do I think this game will go? I think the Gophers are fortunate to get Nebraska early in the year because I think they will improve throughout. This is not the same Scott Frost era. Matt Rule has proven that he can win at the power conference level in college football like he did with Baylor. Um, It might take a little bit at Nebraska, but he already has talent in to compete. And I think this Nebraska team will only get better throughout the year. But the Gophers getting them in week one, I think, is fortunate at home. Very fortunate. Um, Nebraska still has Anthony Grant, who's one of the, um, he's above average running back in the Big Ten. A very good playmaker. And 
Georgia Tech transfer quarterback Jeff Sims will be their signal caller because he beat out Casey Thompson in the spring, who is off to FAU as a transfer. Plenty of movement at the quarterback's position across the country, a theme I think we'll get into in this video. But with that being said, I think the Gophers will be able to win this game. Um, I think Nebraska will still be figuring things out. But not an opponent to take lightly. I don't think this is the same Nebraska team. And like I said, the Gophers have plenty of question marks and stuff to settle in on the offensive end and defensive end in their own right. So I don't think this is a Nebraska team to overlook, but I think they'd be able to get by them in week one and start the year on the right foot and go 1-0. and um, In week two, they remain at home in the rare MAC Saturday night game. Uh, not many MAC teams play under the lights on Saturday. They're usually those Tuesday and Wednesday games in November. Um, but the Gophers get Eastern Michigan at home, 6.30 p.m. kickoff. Um, very interesting. I, I thought this was a weird kickoff time uh, when it got released. This is obviously a game that most people would assume would be an 11 a.m. kickoff. But it will be on Big Ten Network. Um and if there was a game on their schedule, I uh, don't want to bring up bad juju or bad memories, but if there was a game on their schedule that would be a catastrophic loss or surprising loss, similar to that of Bowling Green, it would be this game because it's weird that it's at night. Game two, after the Big Ten opponent, after the season opener, um... It's easier to get motivated for night games, I think, for anyone. But um, the fact that it is Eastern Michigan is weird. And the fact that it's at night is weird. But um, this will be a game that P.J. Fleck needs to use his premier motivation skills to get the Gophers ready for this game. Because Eastern Michigan last year was one of the better teams in the MAC. They went 9-4 and four and beat San Jose, San Jose State in their Idaho Potato Bowl game. And they... But they do have a new quarterback this year. Um, Austin Smith is their new quarterback, but he did play in some games last year. He had uh, close to 800 passing yards and six touchdowns. Um, but they returned their same running back, and they were a running team last year. Samson Evans, who had 1,100 yards and 15 touchdowns last year, does, does return. And um, their head coach, Chris Creighton, who has been there for a while. He's been their coach since 2014. But last year was... His first bowl win in Eastern Michigan. So there's some momentum there. Um, obviously, they're in, in the MAC. Uh, Gophers have had plenty of their um, interesting games with MAC opponents. Um, it, it's just a weird game being at night. Um, we all know that the Gophers are more talented, and they should win this game. I think they will win this game. But, again... It just screams a game that might be a little closer than it should be. On to week three. This is the game that all the Gophers fans are, I guess, circling on the uh, first half of the season as potential loss because they travel to North Carolina. Um, the Tar Heels have one of the better quarterbacks in college football, Drake May. Who I'd say is the consensus number two Heisman favorite behind Caleb Williams. Um, consensus number two 
NFL draft pick favorite behind Caleb Williams. Really the consensus number two quarterback in the country behind Caleb Williams. Um, but this game, it will be at 2.30 kickoff that has been released. Um, so it will be 3.30 local time. And it will be on ESPN or ESPN2 national TV. And it's it, North Carolina is in an interesting spot, too, because they have plenty of their questions on the offensive end, similar to the Gophers. Um, it's a little bit easier when you have a quarterback of Drake May's talent. But I, I'll throw a hot take out there. I think we see a slight regression in Drake May. Um, I still think he's one of the premier quarterback talents in the country. But he is losing his number one receiver, Josh Downs, who's off to the NFL. That will never help any quarterback. Um, they replaced Downs with wide receivers, Prancers, uh, Nate McCollum from Georgia Tech, who will probably play more in the slot, and Devontae Walker from Kent State, who had close to 1,000 receiving yards last year. So they still have plenty of talent at that position. But Josh Downs got drafted by the Colts, one of the – he was a, one of the better receivers in college uh, football last season. So that, that's a tough loss, and it's hard to replace. And on top of that, they lost their offense coordinator, Phil Longo, who's now at Wisconsin. And they didn't promote within. They brought in Chip Lindsey, who was at Central Florida last year, their offensive coordinator. He was previously the head coach at Troy before that. So I... Based on, uh, Mac Brown obviously has went through uh, dozens of coaching changes, so he knows how to handle it. He's been there, done that. So there's a coach that's able to have a smooth transition there. It would be Mac Brown, but um, I, 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 there is just room for error there. Um, and I, I just don't know if it's going to be as smooth as everyone thinks it will be. The Drake Mail just pick up right where he left off, and if not, get better. Um, they're still a very mediocre defensive team. They don't run the ball very well. Drake May was their leading rusher last year. They returned their number one running back, Elijah Green, but he had less than 600 rushing yards. So they're a, they're a one-dimensional team. They'll pass the ball. Um, they're a lot like those Purdue teams that the Gophers have faced in the past. So the Gophers' secondary will be tested in this game. They'll have... Two games to warm up with all that turnover uh, with um, Darrell Smith, Jordan Howden, gone, um, Tyler Newbin, and Justin Wally, one of the better safety cornerback duos in the conference. But they need to get those other secondary pieces like Jack Henderson, like Trayvon Jones, like Craig McDonald, if he gets a waiver, uh, those guys need to settle in, and they need to be playing at a high level by this point because they are going to be tested. This will be a team that will pass the ball close to fifty times every game. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be to mark this as a loss as everyone else will, because um, I think the Gophers match up well in a game like this. They they do have Chris Collins, North Carolina transfer. Maybe they'll give them a few. Uh, ins and outs, a few secrets. Um, I, this is going to be a tightly contested game. Um, two very contrasting styles. We'll see how much the Gophers pass this year, which I do think will be more, but it's a team that wants to pass the ball, wants to score on you, versus a team that wants to control possession and run the ball on you. So, 
It'll be an interesting game. Um, I do think the Gophers will uh, lose if I had to predict. But as we'll get into later, I'm more confident in them finding a way to win that game than a few other Big Ten games on the schedule. So, after the North Carolina game, they will stay on the road and travel to Northwestern. Northwestern's a team that struggled mightily last year. They lost uh, to FCS team, I think, uh, Southern Illinois. And uh, they had that one weird win against Nebraska and Maryland, but that was their, I think their only win on the year. But um, they'll be better this year. And a main reason behind that is Cincinnati transfer quarterback Ben Bryant, who I think is one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the conference. Um, he has plenty of experience. He's shown he can produce uh, at the group of five level. But last year, he was pretty solid for uh, the Bearcats. And it's an upgrade for Northwestern. And everyone would say that uh, Northwestern's coaching staff is good. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald's a good head coach. And I, I, he knows, uh, obviously, people have, there's been rumblings or like, oh, they need to move on from him. But he, he's Mr. Northwestern. I don't think they're ever going to move on from him. They don't really have a better option. Uh, Cam Porter still good at running back. We know they're going to be a team that wants to run the ball, a lot like the Gophers. Um, and we know how sleepy a Northwestern 11 a.m. kickoff could be the time. And Channel has not been uh, released for this game. Screams 11 a.m. kickoff, though. And we've always known Northwestern's not a team to overlook. And I think they're going to be a little bit better than people think. I think people are penciling them in for the bottom of the conference. I think they're going to be frisky. I don't think they'll be a bowl team, but I think they'll be better than last year, mostly just having more competitive games against few teams like the Gophers. So this is not a not a another game you want to overlook, but um I think the Gophers get by and they start the year three and one, heading back home, hosting Louisiana Lafayette in week five, eleven AM kickoff that has been announced. And when it comes to the Ragin Cajuns, um I, I think they are the worst team out of Eastern Michigan, Louisiana. Uh, like, if you're looking at the schedule and they're like, oh, I don't know much about these teams, that's two wins. Um, I, I think the Louisiana Lafayette, we have to uh, worry about less than Eastern Michigan. Uh, like I said, both of these would be catastrophic losses if they lose to either one of these teams. Um, but I, I'm pretty confident that Louisiana Lafayette's the worst team on their schedule. They were 6-7 and seven last year under first-year head coach Michael DeSormo, a Louisiana guy. He's been in that program forever. Carried over a few players from Billy Napier and the system they had before. So I, I think they'll be a little bit worse this year, to be completely honest. Um, they're still always a competitive uh, program. One of the better programs in the Sun Belt. So they'll still, it's not like they're playing um, UMass or uh, any of these programs like uh, New Mexico State before Jerry Kill was there. They're not playing uh, the bottom of FBS football. This is one of the more consistent group of five programs in the country. They return their two QB system. Ben Woolridge and Chandler Fields both come back. 
both experienced guys. Are there another team that'll want to run the ball? I think that kind of fits into the Gophers' um, favor, and I, I think they'll uh, be fine in this game, and I think they'll get a win, and they will start the year 3-1. and one. On to week six. This is when the schedule gets a little tough for the Gophers. The schedule that uh, is ranked second toughest in the country, according to ESPN. They remain at home and they host Michigan um, for the Little Brown Jug. Um, in my opinion, Michigan might be the most talented team in all of college football this season. With J.J. McCarthy, real Heisman uh, possibility. With Blake Corum, Heisman possibility. Um, we all saw last year they were just a very good football team and they returned so much production on both sides of the ball. I think they're going to be really good this year again. I think they should be the Big Ten favorite. I think Ohio State is the betting favorite, but I would lean towards Michigan. And I, I don't think there's much to this game. I think all Gophers fans know if they're able to beat Michigan or Ohio State this year, uh, that completely changes the complexion of their whole season, um, no matter how well they do in the other games. Those are the program-altering level of wins um and those are the wins that will catapult to national level obviously the fact that this game's at home does help um but i don't think it helps enough i think michigan just has too much talent uh if they're able to even put up a fight like they did against ohio state in 2021 i see that as a big win if they're able to keep this game competitive which i think they could i don't know if they will um i think that in the first five weeks of the season, we'll have a better understanding if they'll be able to. They have the talent to, but it's just, is it going to click early in the year or is it going to get better throughout like PJ Fleck teams kind of have? Um, at this point of the season, that's kind of where it's either your team gets better or you kind of stay the same. So th this is a big, I think, um, fork in the road moment of the season. Um, and it, like I said, it's not win or bust in a game like this. It's, you got to be competitive and got to show that you are one of the better programs in the Big Ten. And I think being competitive in this game would go a long way in a lot of different aspects. But I do have the Gophers losing, uh, moving to four and two on the season as they head into their bye week in week seven. I think this is a uh, premier time for the bye week. Um, after that Michigan game, before the Iowa game, you can kind of settle down, be like, okay, so I, I like at that point of the season, I think four and two is the most likely outcome. Maybe you're five and one. Um, maybe you're three and three. Um, four and two, like I said, probably the most likely thing to be at this point of the season. Well, like I said, I think that North Carolina game will be competitive. And you head into the Iowa game. And I think this season, I think everyone in the Gophers locker room, I think everyone in the coaching staff circled the Iowa game in week eight. And that's their Super Bowl this year. It really is. Um, I think everyone would agree that this isn't the Gophers' year to compete in the Big Ten West. 
it's the final year of the Big Ten West is a thing. We all know last year probably was their window. But if they get by Iowa, that opens the door for a lot of different things. Um, we all know that's a monkey on P.J. Flex back that he hasn't been able to conquer. All of that. So as they travel to Iowa City in Week 8, we know all the storylines that whatever the, everyone's going to be talking about. K fans are going to be talking about all these people. And be like, PJ Floyd can't beat Iowa, blah, blah, blah. Uh, do we need a new head coach that can beat Iowa, blah, blah, blah. We haven't went into Iowa City and won in so many years, blah, blah, blah. You just got to win the football game. That's all it comes down to. Um, Iowa's offense will be better than it was last year. We all know they return uh, the notorious Brian Ferentz as their offensive coordinator. But they bring in new quarterback, Hayden McNamara, transfer from Michigan, which is an upgrade. Um, they upgraded their um, offensive weapons. They used the transfer portal. And they will have a better offense. It's just how much better is the question. Um, because their defense will be there like it always is. I personally think Iowa should be the favorite in the Big Ten West. I think they have the most complete roster. They have a head coach who's been there. They have a quarterback who has been there in those big games in the Big Ten. And this is going to be a tough game for the Gophers. Uh, if I had to guess, I think it will be a night game. And depending on how they do earlier in the year, maybe it uh, I haven't looked at the national schedule for week eight, but this could be one of the bigger games that um, week of the season. And unfortunately, I think the Gophers lose this game. Um, I don't want them to lose by any means, but I think Iowa has the better football team on paper. And as I sit here in June talking about it, that's really all you can go off of. If I watch the Gophers for the first six weeks of the season and I watch Iowa for the first six weeks of the season, my opinion might change on this game. But right now, when I'm looking at it, I think the Gophers just have too many question marks for me to trust them heading into this game. I would, like I said, it'll be their Super Bowl. They'll be motivated. Everyone in that locker room, I think this will be their one game for the whole year. They know how big of a game this is. I think Coach Fleck is going to make sure they know how big of a game it is. But I think I was just better, unfortunately. And I think the Gophers extend their losing streak in the battle for the Floyd of Rosedale. And then week nine, they return to Dinkytown and host Michigan State at home against or in Huntington Bank Stadium. And Michigan State's an interesting program because Mel Tucker had such a good year that first year in East, or that second year, he had the COVID year, forgot about that. But uh, behind Kenneth Walker, they were just, they were a machine that year. And he got that big contract, and then they just went straight downhill last year. A lot of people are questioning, they're like, did they make the wrong decision, all this stuff. And they lost their quarterback, lost Connor, or not Connor Cook, uh, Peyton Thorne. Yeah, that's his name. Uh, <laughs> flanked out a little bit. but uh, And then Keon Coleman, their number one receiver, also transferred. So they go to Noah Kim, who's a guy that I think a lot of Michigan State fans have been angling for and saying, oh, got to go to Noah Kim, blah, blah, blah. He's, he's the uh, quarterback in the room that everyone's been hyping up. 
I think they have a lot more question marks than the Gophers, uh, for example, as they had to do a new quarterback. Um, and their offense struggled so much last year that lose their best playmaker. Still have Wisconsin transfer running back Jalen Berger back for another season. But I think Michigan State's one of the worst teams in the conference. I think the Mel Tucker experiment is going to continue to go downhill. And I think the Gophers get back on track in this game and move to that would be five and three on the season. Um, yeah, five and three on the season as they had to remain at home and they take on Illinois. Another monkey on the Gophers back and PJ Flex back. The um the great Illinois fighting Illini will come to Hunting Back Bank Stadium, a team they struggled with, and um are they gonna get by? Uh I mean, they have a new quarterback, Luke Altmaier. They lost plenty of production with Devin Witherspoon, who got drafted early, and Chase Brown, and Brett Bielema, the notorious Brett Bielema, a guy that the Gophers fans do not like, and I don't think many people like outside of Illinois. Very just easy guy to not be a fan of. Um, th this is... Screams trap game, screams everything. The Gophers are like, oh, Gopher fans will be like, oh, we're five and three. We got Illinois. They lost so many of their good players. They lost their three best players from last year. Oh, the, uh, this will be the time we finally beat Brett Bielema. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I would be I'm more nervous heading into this game than the North Carolina game in week three. Uh, if I rated a confidence on both of them, uh, like I said, it's here in June, so it's going to change a lot. Illinois is a team that has to go through a lot of changes. Their defensive coordinators, now the head coach at Purdue, Ryan Walters, so their defense might take a step back, all this stuff. But if I, like, a 6 out of 10 nervous scale would be the same, I think, for North Carolina and Illinois. Um, yeah, like, uh the Gophers obviously will be favored against Illinois. They won't be favored against North Carolina. But it just screams. In the past two years, they've just unfortunately been those games where Gophers fans go in favored, like the Purdue game last year, like the Illinois game last year, where they're like, oh, like, uh, here, here comes a win, and you're looking ahead to the, to the Iowas, to the Michigans, to all the tougher games, and then you look in the third quarter, and they're down by 10, and you're like, what happened? Um, this seems like a game that could be one of those situations, and I have it down as a loss, and the Gophers moved to 5-4 and four on the year. So, then in week 11, they travel to Purdue. Like I said, Purdue has new head coach, Ryan Walters, the former defensive coordinator for Illinois, young head coach. But I think they uh, it's going to be such a program and culture change going from an offensive-heavy team in the past with Jeff Brom, and now they're going to be a defensive-heavy team with Coach Walters. That I think it's going to take them a while. Um, this could be a year, I think, where they, Purdue misses out on a bowl game, takes a step back a little bit. They do have good quarterback Hudson Card, who's a talented transfer from Texas, 
former four or five star guy, one of the best quarterback recruits in his class. But I, I just think there's too many question marks for Purdue. The Gophers get revenge from that homecoming game last year, and they get back on track here, move to six and four on the season, and then they travel to Ohio State in Week Twelve. A lot like Michigan, um, kind of the same. Everyone knows Ohio State is one of the better teams in this conference. They have been since the conference existed. And they have their fair share of question marks, too. Kyle McCord, new quarterback. Um, but he was one of the best quarterbacks in his class. Um, and he will have the two of the top five wide receivers in college football to throw to with Marvin Harrison Jr., everyone knows. Might be the best non-quarterback player in college football. And then Emeka Igbuka, who's also a tremendous talent at wide receiver. And then they still have Julian Fleming, one of the best running back duos in the country with Travi Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams. They got plenty of talent up and down their roster. And I just think it's too much of an ass to go into the horseshoe and find a win here. We all know, though, if the Gophers did, the amount of momentum that would give the program, blah, blah, blah. But I think they um, pick up a loss here, and they move to 6-5 and five on the season. As they had a week 13 at first Wisconsin at home, back in Hanson Bank Stadium, as they look to go for three wins in a row against the Badgers and keep Bulbunian's axe where it belongs in Dinkytown. Um, plenty of talk about Wisconsin, new era of Wisconsin football. Luke Fickle comes in. He brings in SMU transfer Tanner Mordecai at the quarterback position. Brings in North Carolina offense coordinator Phil Longo. And at the end of the season, we're going to see the best Wisconsin team there is for this year. Um, and I still think the Gophers win this game. Um, I think there's too many question marks on Wisconsin. I think ultimately, they're very similar rosters for this season. Um, Braylon Allen still in the backfield. Um, I think that we're going to see the best Gophers team. P.J. Fleck has shown that he peaks at the end of the season. And I think the Gophers extend their win streak against the Badgers, move to 7-5 and five on the season. And I think any Gophers fan realistically would realize a 7-5 and five season, if they're able to be competitive in those games, they would take that. This is one of the harder schedules in college football. 7-5 season, I think is good for this program. And if they can just get one of those Illinois or North Carolina games, you go to 8-4, and four, depending how Iowa's doing, if you sneak in that Iowa game, 9-3 and three is a possibility. But it's just, I, it's the 9-3, and 7-5 and five window, I personally believe. I think 7-5 and five's the floor. Uh, like I said, because... The North Carolina and Illinois games, those are two of those swing games, I'm saying. And the games like Northwestern, Nebraska, and Purdue, those are three games that people aren't thinking about. Two of those games are on the road. Those are those three games that uh, anyone who's doing a schedule preview aren't going to look at. Everyone shocks those up as wins. But those are games you can't look past. Um, and... Like I said, though, I, that's seven and five, nine and three. That's really their window. Uh, and how the rest of the Big Ten West shakes out depends if they're going to be able to compete for a division title. Um, kind of in the Big Ten as a whole. Um, I think Iowa will win the Big Ten West. I have them at ten and two. 
Um, I think they have a pretty favorable schedule. Um, and I think their offense will be better. I have Minnesota at eight and four, Wisconsin at eight and four, Illinois seven and five, um, Purdue at three and eight, Nebraska at six and six, and Northwestern at four and eight on the season. And then in the East, I have Penn State representing the Big Ten East in the championship game um, at 11 and one, in a three way tie with Michigan and Ohio State. All at eleven and one. I have Rutgers at seven and five, Maryland at six and six, Michigan State at four and eight, and Indiana at two and ten. Who I think is clearly the worst team in this conference. I think it will be a fun season in the Big Ten. Um, talking about this makes me just so much more excited for college football. And I mean, overall, just some uh, storylines that are going to be big this year. Um, I think the biggest is it's Ethan's first season as a starter. He's supposed to be this golden child, this um, super prospect. And all, I think all the hype is warranted. It's just how quickly will it happen. Still has not started a full season. It will be a new-look offense with Greg Harbo and Matt Simon as co-offensive coordinators. How that look with Ethan. All the new transfers with Elijah Spencer, Sean Tyler, Corey Crooms on the offensive side of the ball. How is the offense going to look? Post Mo Ibrahim, post Tanner Morgan, Chris Ambell's coming back. Uh, Brevin Spanford, is he going to be one of the better tight ends in the country? Uh, the, there's a lot of excitement around this offense. There's a lot of potential. And what is that going to look like? I think that's really the biggest storyline is because there's all these moving <clears throat> Excuse me. There's all this moving parts. What's that going to look like? And then on the defense side of the ball, Joe Rossi is one of the more respected defense coordinators in college football. But there's a lot of movement on the back end with Terrell Smith, with Jordan Howden off to the NFL, um, with Cheryl Carter at Texas, with Michael Flip Dixon at Rutgers, with Braylon Oliver at Georgia Tech. There's a lot of turnover there. Cody Lindenberg now, the man in the middle, um, Tyler Newbin. All-American potential at safety. Justin Wally, is he going to take that next step and be All-American level? Shut down. Um, Jack Henderson, I think, is the biggest wild card on this defense. Is he going to be able to play at that Michael Flip Dixon role? Um, on the defensive side of the ball, are they going to have a pass rush? Chris Collins from North Carolina. Is um, Jalen Logan Redding and Danny Strigow going to take that next step? Josh Joyner. We've been waiting for that next step. They got talent there. And in the interior, Kyler, Kyler Baugh, Devin Eastern, all these young guys that we've been waiting for. Anthony Smith, a four-star prospect. Is he going to get some run? Plenty of moving parts on both sides of the ball. There's plenty of talent on this team. But when you look at it, did they miss a window? Was last year their year? Is this a rebuilding year looking to 2024? Um that's what we're going to figure out. Um, I think there's the talent. It just, is it going to happen quickly or is it going to take a year? Um, well, yeah, I can't wait to the season. Like I said, 66 days away. You can expect this level of coverage throughout the year. Um, we might be looking at a new co-host. I thought I would just get back on track, talk to you guys a little bit about the season, my thoughts on the year. 
Um, I will. You can follow me on Twitter. Stay updated with all the Gophers news, all the news about the podcast. Um, but as always, I appreciate you listening. Row the boat, Sky Uma, and go Gophers. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube